You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. This is Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. My name is Jason Smith. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Justin Jeffcoat, and man, it is good to speak with everyone again. It seems like it's been forever, huh, Jason? (laughs) We're so excited about today's show. Now, the audio quality might be a little different than what you're used to, and that's because there's a glitch in our studio, technical, technical difficulties, so we're recording this on my iPhone's voice memo app. And when I get into the editing portion of this, we'll see how much I'm able to touch it up. But just in case you're listening and it doesn't sound like what you're used to, that's the reason why. And it's okay. You know, when things break down, there's (laughs) always another way to do things. Praise God for technology. So here we go. In the last episode of Marketplace Ministry, I said something that just stuck with me, and it wouldn't let go. Mm. This is what I said. Tithing is for today, because that tithe is representative of the covenant he has with you. Now, when I said that, Justin, about the covenant, it just really stuck with me that I had to go back and study what that was. Yeah. Um, and you know that a covenant is like an agreement between two parties, mm-hmm. right? Like when we get when you proposed to your wife and you got married, you entered into a covenant with her because you promised that you were going to be the man of the house and that she she promised that she was going to submit to you all the yeah. days of your lives. And for rich, for richer, for poor, sickness and health, until death do you part. And that was the promise that you made. It was. That was a promise that I made with my wife. And so, you know, there's there's things yeah. in covenants. Covenants are agreements that have both parties have to do something. Well, did you know that the first time that the word covenant appears in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 6? Wow. Yes, I do. Okay. Now, this... This word, translated from the Hebrew, means covenant, alliance, or treaty. Mm-hmm. So these three things combined, right? And who is speaking this? God. And God is speaking it to Noah. And he said to Noah, I will establish my covenant with you. Huh. There was no other covenants before this. Men were not entering into covenants with each other. God was the first one to say, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. Yeah. Well, that was pretty poignant because why did he choose Noah at that time? Why Noah? If you back up a few scriptures in Genesis chapter 6, I think it's verses 8 and 9. It says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that word grace actually means favor. And so Noah found favor in God's eyes. Yeah. Why? Because when no, when God looked upon the earth, he had seen the wickedness that had just pervaded the entire planet. The creation that he intended, yes, he gave man free will. He gave us the ability to choose and make choices. But we chose the wrong path and we corrupted the world. Because, you know, corruption was in the world before man was here. Mm-hmm. Corruption was in the world before God was here. In Genesis chapter 1, between verses 1 and 2, 
we there's something happening. You know, God said, "Let there be light," but first, yeah, the earth was without form and void. And those words in the Hebrew are tohu bohu, which means that it was in a state of chaos. Everything was in disarray. And why was it in disarray? Well, we know that the devil was cast out of heaven because he was prideful. And he said, you know, I'm I'm going to be worshipped. I am just as good as you, God. Why can't people build altars to me? Why can't angels worship mm-hmm. me? And God's like, nope. That's not happening. <laughs> and he cast him down like lightning. Man, out of faster the sky. than you could say hello, man. He hit the earth. He was here. That gross darkness that was upon the yeah. earth was Satan, was Lucifer. It was the devil. And so God had to come to earth. And when he created everything, he started to put it in order. So everything was in disarray. Then God shows up, puts it in order. We have a garden. And in this garden, he says... Adam, you're to tend this garden and make sure that it stays this way, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So now we're in Genesis where everybody has forsaken God's law because of the fall of man when Adam and Eve sinned and ate of the apple. But now he's like, I regret that I have created the – I've created mankind and I'm going to destroy everything. But he found favor – upon noah why why noah because noah lived a lifestyle that was different than a lot of people yes he was he was living a lifestyle of righteousness that resembled god which kind of goes into today's terms when you first spoke about the relationship between a husband and a wife it's the lifestyle of the two the connections of the two and just like a relationship they found favor with each other. Therefore, the covenant between the two is now formed. Exactly. You know? You know? Yes. So absolutely. that kind of hits kind of home to me when I hear that. And another person in the Bible that really speaks out to me about being in covenant and really standing by each other with, with God is Job. Mm. I mean, that man went through <laughs> everything possible as you can imagine, which tells us today, like when you stick with God, there's going to be the rainbow at the very end of the storm, mm. you know, and and goes to tell you when you're truly in covenant, it may, it, the outside appearance may be rough, rugged, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and you don't know you're climbing uphill and you can't see the top. That doesn't mean the top's not there. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So when you're in covenant, it's it's, it's a trust yes. between between god and noah and it was the favor that they both seen each other because he was different unlike everything he goes hmm i know i can trust him i know i i can establish a covenant and not get my back turned you, you know? know what i love about you know? that you know that god did this god came to Noah. Yes, and it's said, so cool i'm going to establish my covenant with you noah didn't go asking god he to did establish not. a covenant god chose him god chose yeah. him and said i'm going to establish my covenant with you and then he tells him to take his family into the ark. So with that covenant he established with Noah, he was promising them protection. He was. Because he knew that he was about to destroy the earth. But I'm establishing my covenant with you, Noah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to preserve your family. And you're going to repopulate the earth because of the lifestyle that you're living. Kind of like the promises in the workplace between a boss and an employee. Mm-hmm. I promise I will... 
and it kind of really gets mismanaged. You see so much turnover in today's world, mm-hmm. Jason, that – and I've seen it a lot in my workplace too. You you get promised a lot, and it's the carrot dangling right there at the top. And that employee trusts that manager, and but the covenant's not formed because when you truly trust someone, that's when the covenant's there. And I've seen the uh, – get ripped from employees too low because the manager gets in his own head and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then everything just gets taken away. But what, what, what it really boils down to is when you have a true leader in the workforce, it's someone that gets behind you and says, I will look after you the same way God says, I am going to look after you, Noah. Yes. You know? and, and that's why I think it's so important that we realize mm-hmm. that covenant isn't just a word. That's a contract between two people. To me, it's a sword. It's, it's yeah. an alliance. Yeah. You know, when you had the allied forces in it's World sharp. War yeah. II. Or SHIELD. Right? Know? They were working together for a common purpose to protect the world and to maintain freedom mm. in the world. Yeah. Right? And so an alliance means that he's got my back. He's on my side. And no matter what happens, God's going to back me up. Mm-hmm. Right? And so – that's the first time he mentions covenant. The next time he mentions covenant is after the flood. And this happens in Genesis, I think, chapter 9. And in chapter 9, he turns to Noah a second time and says, I will establish my covenant with you and your seed. Think of that. Think of that. Okay. Do you know what that implies? That implies that every person who is alive on the earth today has access to the covenant because the seed of Noah is his descendants. Yeah. Everybody that came after Noah, well, what was Noah's job after the flood was to repopulate the earth. That Mm -hmm. means everyone who's alive today Mm. is a descendant of Noah. And God said, I will establish my covenant. I make an alliance with you and your seed. So if you're hearing my voice on this podcast today, God has established a, a covenant with you. Yes. What's more important is this is an everlasting covenant. What that means is this covenant stretches out into perpetuity, not only for you today, but for your kids, your children's children, and your children's children's children for generations to come are have access to this covenant it goes into perpetuity and it's everlasting which means it has no expiration date so no matter what happens we have access to this covenant Mm. the next time he mentions covenant is to abraham and with abraham he says get out of your country go to the place that i will show you and he promises to make him a father of many nations He says with the covenant that I am going to multiply you. I'm going to give you dominion over the place that I am going to show you. And something – I seen covenant really being established yesterday. I got the okay from my brother to share this. But my brother uh, is adopting a 23-month-old baby. Oh, amen. And the mother was in the hospital, very drug addict – had many addictions and Mm -hmm. left a baby at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And a couple opportunities, my brother could have – that called him and said, hey, there's a baby up for adoption. Do you want it? And he said, no, no, but something didn't feel right. But when they got the call and little Kyla's coming home and I cannot wait, God chose my brother for that baby. Mm. He said, Frank, 
And Frank called me scared, scared, scared yesterday. And I, this is what I really wanted to bring it up and, and it really t- put it home for me in our discussion. My brother's like, I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm nervous. I was like, Frank, can I help you here? You have to do it scared. Why? Mm. Because God chose you. He anointed you to take that baby home because he knows you were going to raise that baby the right way that he is intended to guide that baby, preach, teach the baby the word, mm-hmm. his love, and then that a covenant will be established with the baby. Amen. And because he didn't want anybody else, he could have picked Joe Smo from here or there or everywhere. But I said, Frank, that baby is, is was blessed to you mm-hmm. by God, not anyone but you and Kate, which is his wife. Because God, like I said, God knew you were going to raise that baby the right way according to the covenant that he and you have formed. Amen. And he's like, bro, I really didn't think of it. He goes, I'm just so nervous. I was like, guess what? So was Abraham. (laughs) He goes, bro, I'm 48 years old. I says, okay. And Abraham was over 100. (laughs) But guess what? God chose Abraham. Amen. And just the same way, you may be 48, 56, or 78. God chose you to take Kayla home because of the covenant you two have, and he wants you to raise that baby, you and Kate. And I says, you have to do it scared because if you were doing it happy, it's probably not right. But if you're walking, because Pastor Terry talked about you have to do it scared. Yeah, that's right. If you're not doing something scared, whether that be ministry or whatever, there's probably a little bubble there. Yeah. And I kind of told him that. He goes, bro, I had no idea. How did you know? I said, I didn't. The Holy Spirit told me, and I took a lot of lessons from Pastor Terry. <laughs> but but, awesome. but it kind of hit that home. And when you mentioned Abraham, it kind of rocked that back. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and talk about that because it's the same thing. It's the covenant. Yeah, it is. And he's and, yeah. and so with, with Abraham, he's promising that you're going to go into this land, and I am going to prosper you there. Yeah. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to increase your number so that your descendants outnumber the stars in the sky, the sand on the beaches, right? This is the definition of covenant. I think it's interesting to me, at least, when I was studying this out, is that every time he mentions the covenant, it's as though God amends it. Or maybe he doesn't necessarily amend it, but he spells it out more specifically. Mm-hmm. So like the first time is I'm establishing my covenant with you. I'm establishing my covenant with you and your seed. Yeah. I'm establishing my covenant with you, Abraham, and I will multiply you. And so he's he's adding terms to this is what I'm going to do as as party to this covenant is I'm making this covenant with you. And here's my part. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's what we got to remember is that when we were in covenant, we didn't earn it. We didn't do anything to earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. He just spoke and said, Justin, I'm in covenant with you. And this is what I'm going to do. Mm. But remember, there's two sides to this. Both parties have to be both parties yeah, have good a point. responsibility to the covenant. So that means that we have something that we must do. And what does God require in order to walk in the covenant? He requires us to be obedient to what he has told us to do. Yeah. And he laid that out in the law. And we know we, we're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about you have to do everything according to what, what the Levitical law said. But he is showing us through the law that as human beings, we are incapable of fulfilling the law. 
because of the sin nature that lives in us that happened from the Garden of Eden. And so, yes, we're going to have times where we're in breach of contract, in other words. Mm, good we're, word, we're gonna, dude. We're going to be negligent of our duties and responsibilities to the covenant. And when we do, that's when judgment comes. Exactly. And what when I say that word judgment, it scares some people because you know, <laughs> how many times have you heard people walk around and say, stop judging me? You shouldn't be judging me. Why are you Seems judging like me? You hear it a lot more right? today. Well, here's the thing: when you're in breach and con- when you're in breach of contract, you're under judgment. Plain and simple. Ooh, can oh. I can I say it this yeah, way? Go, go ahead. I'll say it this way. So, for example, let's say that you have two parties: a proprietor and a builder, and they're entering into a contract with one another. The proprietor wants to build a building, and the builder says, here's my plan. We're going to do phase one build, phase two, phase three. This is the timetable for when these things are going to be executed. This is the payment schedule of when you have to pay me and such, da, da, da. And both side, both parties are like, okay, great. We agree to that. Okay. Fantastic. Then one day, the builder walks off the job because the proprietor failed to pay an invoice. Now... What if this invoice had additional charges that were not discussed or disclosed at the time, right? So that's something that if you're the builder, you should be talking and communicating to your to the person who's in the contract who yeah. hired you and said, hey, we came across this, this, and this. It's going to cost this, this, and this. Are you okay with those charges? You don't just charge somebody and say, surprise. No, mm-hmm. you've got to honor your word. If you're in a contract... You're saying, I give you my word that I'm going to do this at this time for this amount of money. If there's a variance, you need to let them know. So a builder walks off the job. What happens at this point? Well, is the builder in breach of contract? It looks that way. Mm-hmm. If the builder's in breach of contract, then guess what? The only way to determine who is the guilty party or responsible for making reparations on this deal is to take it to court. And so that means a lawsuit has to happen. And so they're going to examine facts. They're going to be like, okay, uh, plaintiff, did you pay according to the schedule? And if you did, then great. All right, then what about the the person that's the defendant? Um, so yeah. are, did you do the work that you said you were going to do? If you, if you did, did you do it on the time? Did you communicate any variances? Did you do all these things? Yes or no? And if it comes out, Yes, then we've got the, the judge is going to have a hard job to try to figure out what where all the facts lie and who's responsible. So how do you prevent yourself from going to court? How do you prevent judgment from entering in your life? If you're the builder, all right, I failed to disclose the variance prices. I didn't do my work on time and I issued an invoice that had surprise charges I'm just going to take the loss. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to honor my word. I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. Forget that mm-hmm. invoice. I I should have communicated that it was going to cost more. I didn't do that. That's my bad. Please forgive me. Do your work. Guess what? When you do that, you've just created goodwill with the person who hired you, and that's going to look good for you. You're going to find favor in their eyes, and then when they go when they know somebody who's going to need a job done, they're going to be first to recommend you. Because 
Yeah, you screwed up. We're all going to screw up. You screwed up, but you made it right by coming back and saying, you know mm, what? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I screwed that up. I'm going to take the loss on this invoice. I'm going to finish the job because I promised I would. Great. What if you're the proprietor and you didn't pay the invoice and you want them to finish the job? Well, you could suck it up and pay the invoice. Yeah. Or you could pay the portion of the invoice that is legitimate and you can dispute the other charges and then you can go from there. But either way, it it requires you to do something. It requires communication. It requires you to come to the other person with humility and say, I'm sorry, I screwed up. So what does that look like in the kingdom? That looks like repentance. Yeah, I was I was one I was like this really sounds like repentance the way you're describing it. Right? That's that's exactly what it is. So, let's look at it. We're in a, we're in a relationship. We're in a covenant with God. God's the proprietor. Mhm. And his word never fails. He is not a man that he should lie. He is not going to break his covenant. Period. And so many times you see people and I've I've had a few people I've had a few discussions with people that that just ask questions. Mm-hmm. Man, oh my God, I can feel the Holy Spirit. Uh, man, so many times I thought I was in covenant with God, and we talked. But why did this happen to me? And so then you get off course. Yeah, and you basically, in a sense, you breach that contract. Yeah, and then this doesn't go right, or that doesn't go right because. You are on the straight and narrow path and you decided to go right because you got upset because you thought it was all going to be sunshines and rainbows. Or you were too worried about what the other person or this said, but you were less worried on what God initially told you mm-hmm. and you got off that path. Yes. And then you want to go to everybody else and seek the approval to what you want to be, what you want to hear, but when the person tells you, "Hey, this is actually what happened," they don't want to hear it mm-hmm. because they want it to be their way and it has to be correct because it didn't happen on their timing. Listen, God's never late; He's always on time, and it's not your timing; it's His timing, and that who knows what that timing is exactly. And that's when you must go and just fall to your knees, which I've done myself mm-hmm. and, and do every day because we're, we're sinning way. A lot of times we're always out of whack, but mm-hmm. God's never out of whack because he's always on time. Amen. And you ask for that forgiveness. You go, okay, hey, okay, I fudged this thing up. <laughs> God, I am so sorry. And I don't even know exactly what's going on or how this is going to look like, but you do. And I am sorry. I am so sorry. And then you get back on track and you start going on and you'll see, holy cow, holy, holy cow. Uh, I, wow. Uh, it, it happened a year down the road, but that's, 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 I, I can't believe I didn't listen to you. Wow. Okay. Cause you listen to access ears. You listen to people outside of you, of what God told you to do. And it all got turned around and yeah. mixed around, but it's all about knowing and, and realizing just because something doesn't happen on your schedule. Listen, it's never mm. our schedule. Yeah. That schedule is always being made by God. Mm-hmm. Doesn't It's not a clock in or clock out type. When we're with God and covenant in God, we are always clocked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a clock out type deal or go right. I'll, I'll come back later. No, you stay there, bro. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? 
<laughs> I, I want to say this. The Bible, okay. the Bible says that godly sorrow leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. And that is true. I completely believe that. But I also want to say that often when we sin, because we, yeah. we do, we're going, to, we're going to be negligent to our responsibilities under the terms of the covenant. We are going to fall. We are not going to – we're going to miss the mark. We're not going to live up to it every single time. And sometimes there are some Christians who when they miss the mark, when they sin, they feel condemnation. Disgusting. They feel like they're the worst person in the world. Hold on a minute. Let's go back. If you're a builder and you're a proprietor Uh and the builder you screwed up, yes, you should feel remorse for not communicating. You should feel bad. But – it was a mistake. And mistakes are neither bad nor good. Mm-hmm. So we need to remove this emotion of I feel bad. I'm a bad person because I did this. Don't allow yourself to begin to identify yourself as a bad person when you mess up. Exactly. All it takes is a humble heart saying, God, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I shouldn't have done that. I'm going back to you and I'm trusting you. Please forgive me. And what does first John one nine tell us? Hmm. It says that when we are when we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive them. He's not gonna hold it against us. We go to Him when we fail, we say we screwed up. We say it with a contrite heart. We mean it, but we don't have to feel bad about it. As soon as you confess it, guess what? It's wiped away. You're clean. Clean as snow, bro. White as snow, ready to go again, and you're back in that right-standing relationship with God. You don't have to sit there and, and be in depression for days because of something you did that was wrong. So I hope that encourages somebody who's listening today Please, because yes. I know in my past when I was much younger, when I was a baby Christian, I used to think that if I did something that was outside the will of God, that I was going to hell. And I'm telling you right now. You can't now, be fixed. Hell, this is over. Hell is jail if, we, if we're looking at it in human terms. And <laughs> that's the penalty for judgment if you don't repent. Repentance is how you restore yourself to God. And so just repent. Now, the co- does this, I said earlier that the covenant is for everyone who's alive today on the earth. But yeah. does that mean that everybody's in covenant with God? No. No. No, absolutely no, not. No, it doesn't. When God said to Noah that I established my covenant with you, that'd be like me saying, hey, Justin, I want to... I want to go. I want to contract you out to do some services for me. You're thinking that's great, but does that mean that you're doing those services? No, no, not until what? It happens until uh, yeah. It, uh, not until you've accepted. Okay, it, right? absolutely. So you have. If God's saying I'm in covenant with you, or I'm establishing my covenant with you. That's like somebody coming to the table, pushing papers across the desk and saying, this is my covenant. Take a look at it. Tell me what you think. And if you read it over and you're like, that's fantastic. You're promising 
to protect me from destruction. You're promising to give me dominion over the earth and where I live. You're promising to multiply me. You're promising that you're going to provide me with freedom from slavery and oppression. You're promising to perform miracles that I won't only hear about, but I'll actually witness. You're saying, God, that you're going to grant favor to me and promote me in the world, in my workplace, among other men. You're going to provide me with peace. Oh, God, I need peace. You know how much I need peace in my life. <laughs> and you're going to give me the power to get wealth? You yeah. mean I can prosper in every area of my life? Where do I sign? Right? You have to accept the covenant to be in covenant with God. It's there. It's for everyone. And guess what? That covenant is Jesus. How do I know this? Because Jeremiah said that I am going to establish a new covenant. I am going to write my word upon your mind and upon your heart, and I will be your God and you will be my people. And mm -hmm. how did he sign that covenant? He signed it in the blood of Jesus. Jesus told Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. life yeah. Whoever believes in him, whoever accepts the covenant, whoever says, yes, I believe Jesus is the son of God. Yes, I believe in his holy covenant. Yes, I accept that covenant as part of my life. And I promise to do my part. Mm -hmm. When you make that distinction in your life then you are under the covenant. Agreed. And we had talked about this too, like it's an umbrella, right? It's like it an insurance policy. So we know there's chaos in the world. We know it's raining and that there's thunderstorms and there's lightning and there's lava and there's volcanoes <laughs> and all this stuff is happening outside of this umbrella. As long as we stay under the umbrella, we're in covenant with God. But the moment we decide... I'm getting tired of holding this umbrella. I don't want to hold it anymore. And we walk out from underneath the umbrella. That's when we invite destruction into our lives. God's not punishing us. He established the covenant because he knew we needed it to protect us from all of the evil and wicked that's in the world. Yeah. If we willfully walk out of that covenant into the world we're doing harm to ourselves. It's not God. It's and then so many people want to blame God when some, you know, yeah. something bad happens, or they they do they hurt themselves with their own actions or ideas. Yeah, and then they want to come at God. I was like, I never told you to do that. Yeah, probably not in covenant. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there was something else that God showed me about this that. That was so powerful. So, you know, in James, when James says, faith without works is dead. Yeah. Often we see that as faith, comma, without works, comma, is dead. Mm -hmm. Right? So that means that if you don't have any works, your faith is dead. But what if I told you that it's, quote, faith without works, unquote, is dead? That changes everything. Yeah. Because when you put quotations around faith without works, that's an idea that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now think back to the beginning when I was talking about the covenant. We didn't do anything to earn it. God said, I'm establishing it with you. So there was a time when people believed that I don't have to do anything 
because God's already done it for me. (laughs) And so this old way of thinking is that faith without works, I don't have to do anything because God's already done everything. James is telling us that old way of thinking, that way of thinking is dead. Remember, covenant has two parties. Each party has responsibilities and obligations under the covenant. Mm -hmm. So that means that faith requires works. James even went on to say, I will show you my faith by my works. And so that's where we need to be getting to as a people, as God's people is stop stop thinking, stop sitting on your laurels and believing (laughs) that God is just going to pour out blessings from out of heaven upon you. But instead, use the gifts and talents that he's given you to go out and do something. Yeah, but also, also, I want to add this in here. Don't get too fixated what you see around you mm. as well because, because you'll see John, Mary, you know, so on and so forth. You know, oh, my God, the houses, this, that. Let me tell you, those things come in time, but – that's not what God is establishing in you for you. Mm-hmm. And so don't get too fixated on an outward appearance of what is going on around you. That's just fog mm-hmm. is, is what I, what I gather. I like that. And, and don't, don't always like you ever heard pastor say, you know, uh, especially don't get too caught up in what you see with the news or anything like that too as well. Yeah. You know, turn all turn the dial off. Basically, you have your brain is like a television. You got to turn that off and just focus focus on exactly what God has already told you, and focus on the path that He's put in front of you, and continue to stay on those train tracks. Because Amen. it is more easy to fall off them train tracks to stay on them train tracks. Yes, exactly. And I and I and I I can raise my hand at that. But but with that comes repentance, and the big thing for me is correction. Mm-hmm. Because once you learn to be that the correction of where you where you fail to repent, you can now truly understand the true value of repentance because you're not going to do it again. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> I love that. So, I love that. So what does all this have to do with business? Well, I hope that you can see from what we've been talking about today that it has everything to do with business. Oh, yeah. Because God is a man of his word. He says, I'm establishing my covenant with you. You accept it and you say, God, I am going to do everything that you told me to do under the covenant because you promised all these things to me. I'm going to do it. Covenant means you're a man of your word. And in business, you have to be a man of your word because trust Mm. is the most important thing. Business moves at the speed of trust. Agreed. So if you don't have trust in your organization, if your if your team doesn't trust you as the leader and then your customers don't trust you to do what you told them they're going to do, you will quickly find yourself out of business. So be careful with who you make covenant with. God even warned us as he was talking about the covenant that you shall not make covenant with any other tribe, tongue, or nation, that you shall only mm-hmm. be in covenant with me. But what did we do as humans? We saw the example of the covenant that God gave to us, and then we started going out and making covenants with each other. And when we did, that's where we began to lose trust in God because we started to see that the people we were in covenant with mm-hmm. were starting to break those covenants 
And we, start to, we started to see how frail those covenants were because people weren't honoring their word. You have enemies coming into your camp, killing off a bunch of Israelites, right? Yeah, good, good way to put it. That you have idolatry taking place and people worshiping, worshiping false gods. And, and, you know, when God was talking, when you worship a false god, you know what that's like. It's, it's like an idol. It, it doesn't do anything. That guy don't know you. you we, know we, opened up, we opened up talking about marriage. Mm. And so God looks at idol worship as infidelity. Mm. Like you have just gone out and you have cheated on me. Ooh. You have been unfaithful to me. And now I'm going to cast you away. That's the judgment. That's the consequence that comes from breaking the covenant of being, of doing idol worship. So you can't be in covenant with false gods. You can't be in covenant with other gods. You have to be in covenant with God. That's the only option. And I can just share a quick testimony about what, how God showed me about when I was first learning about being in covenant with him is I had like my little man cave and it was sported all NASCAR everywhere, NFL all over the place. And it was after our first fast, we had probably over a year, a year and a half ago, if I correct me if I'm wrong. And it was the last day of the fast. And I walked in there and not, I didn't need want to go in, you know, but I was going to walk past and the Holy Spirit said, turn in. So I did, and I looked at all this stuff around me, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, and I can, I'll never forget it, said, are you going to either love this or me, make a choice. Mm. Make, like, then there, make a choice. So what did I do? I cleared it all out, and I replaced it with testimonies, with scriptures, with everything that God has put on my heart is now in that room. Mm. And now rarely do I go in there. But I use it as a reminder of where I was headed. But God loved me so much that he didn't just kick me to the curve. He corrected me very quickly because of where I was headed. Because he Amen. cared so much about our relationship between him and I that he had to to basically hand slap me to wake up. Dude, what are you doing? You say you love me, but you're going out on the world? What is that? That's not, that's not yeah. what we talked about. That's not what we come together on. Yeah. Because you want me to take you to the next step in your life, but you don't want to go in with me. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's run the touchdown, right? From the one yard line to the 100 yard line, but you only want to go to the 40. Mm. You know? Got to go not all how in. That, yeah, that's not how that works, way. bro. So it wow. kind of had to wake me up. And now we every day we I work on it myself, my covenant, staying in there with him when I screw up, okay, I, I did this. Please help me not be a goober. <laughs> but, you know, but. We, that taught me a lot that day. So Amen. I just had to share that in there. Amen. That's so good. So that's where we're going to end our conversation today on the covenant. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about what promises you can expect under the covenant. And that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 28 with the blessing and the curse. So we're going to explore the blessing and the curse next time on Marketplace Ministry. Until then, what I really would encourage you to do is if this episode spoke to your heart, if it inspired you, if it motivated you to get serious about your walk with Christ, if you need prayer, send us a text message 
The phone number to text is 502-833-6136. One more time, if you need prayer, you can text us at 502-833-6136. Please reach out. Yes, please. We would love to pray with you and for you of whatever it is that you need, and we want to be there to encourage you. So please do that. Don't forget to follow us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and reach out to us whenever you see us online. We'd love to hear from you. Until the next time, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.